Welcome back to the Wheeler Weekend Podcast. This is episode... Many episodes it's later. A couple episodes. <laughs> we're doing episodes today. Today we're going to talk about wiring. Is it magic? Is it yes. sorcery? Yes. What is it? What does it mean? I, I don't know. So this is, this is a, a topic that I have deliberately tried to avoid learning because it's just sorcery to me. So today... Ian is going to demystify wiring for me. Yeah. I actually got started in like working on trucks by doing a bunch of wiring. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of know like the wrong way to do everything. Okay. Which I guess is like everyone's kind of caught on to by now. Right. But I do know a good amount about it. I mean, I can do like repin an ECU for an engine swap and like basic shit like that. But, Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty simple. Everything's a circle. It starts out at the positive, and then it goes in a circle back to the negative. And then if you interrupt that circle, it doesn't work. And that's like, that's 99.999% of the issues. Okay, so so let's start with the basics of wiring. And then we'll talk about troubleshooting it and the tools and the things that we you can bring to make sure that you are prepared for any wiring fiasco. Yeah, so, I mean... Pretty much the way automotive wiring works is that you've got an alter- an alternator, which is like a belt-driven electric generator on your uh, engine, and then it'll produce like 13 or maybe like 14 volts, and it charges uh, your battery, and then it also has like a little load-sensitive thing in it, so it'll like put out more if you need more. Mm-hmm. That's how like with... Uh, um, we got like a little diode thingy that'll crank up the volts it puts out by a volt because the Optimas and other like gel, um, batteries like that, they say it right on them. Like they have to be charged at 13 or 14 volts. And so apparently a lot of the issues that people are having with Optimas is because, uh, the charging systems just aren't putting out enough voltage for them to make them happy. So we did actually recently do that on our truck, but literally you pull out the fuse for like the alternator sensor and then you put in a little one amp uh, diode, which then becomes your fuse as well and jumps it up a volt. Interesting. Yeah. All right. I feel like we started off real strong here. Yeah. Okay. Let's back up. Okay. (laughs) Can we go over, okay, just like the basics. There's amps and volts and watts. Mm-hmm. What are the differences? Well, so the analogy everyone uses to explain it is like a hose. So amps is like how much actual water is going through a hose. And then um, the water pressure is voltage. And then watts is the actual power that you can get from the water. So watts is volts times amps. So oh. an amp is... Um, just a unit for measuring electricity and volt is like the basic unit of electrical force. Okay. Okay. Um, and then a watt is like, uh, it's a basic unit of like power. So like if electricity is the flow, like water of uh it's you're measuring electrons flowing through a conductor which in this case is like a wire Uh um the rate at which that 
electricity flows is um, measured as an electric current, and then the electric current is measured in amps. So it the current flows um, because of like a pump, which could be a battery or whatever is making pressure in the pipe. And then the pressure is the voltage. Okay. All right. That actually made sense to me. I don't know about all the basics, but what we're usually trying to fix or whatever are all the like accessories, the things that we add on to the truck. Yeah. <laughs> so we got two batteries, right? Yeah. And one of the batteries runs all the, the accessories, right? Mm-hmm. And so to wire accessories, you have to be able to know how much what amperage it takes. Mm-hmm. Is that is that right? Yeah. And then based on that and the distance away from what the battery, mm-hmm. you figure out the wire. Yeah, the gauge of okay. wire you okay. need. Otherwise, you get like a crazy voltage drop and you'll have like way less power towards the end. Mm-hmm. And then also the wiring will get hot and you can actually get a point where it gets hot enough and starts catching shit on fire. Like if you got a dang old like 20 gauge wire and you're trying to put like shitloads of amps through it, the thing is going to just melt and blow. Okay. That's like, that's kind of how light bulbs work. They're like okay. exposed windings and the voltage goes through them and then they glow. I mean, that's, it's kind of different. That's really not it. But I mean, pretty <laughs> much you can think of it like that. You don't want your wiring to end up looking like a freaking light bulb and glowing shit. That's not good. Okay. So avoid things glowing. Because okay. mm-hmm. um, you want that electricity to turn into power, not heat. Okay. So, you know, when I'm like a giant heat loss there. So why weren't you, why wouldn't you just wire everything with like super big wiring? It's just not necessary and it's expensive. And also there are a lot of times you wouldn't want to. Like for instance, a relay is Mm -hmm. a switch that's in another location. So imagine you have your battery in your engine compartment and then you have a light on your front bumper. What you don't want to do is take really thick wiring that's pulling a bunch of amps, run it into the cab to a switch and then run it back out past the battery to the lights. Okay. So then you have a ton of amps that are going into the passenger compartment. So if they do ground out or something, you have like a giant power cable that could essentially catch all the shit on fire in there. Mm, So what you do is you put a relay by the battery Mm -hmm. and then you just have a thick wire that goes from the battery to the relay and then to the lights. And then you have a thin wire that's your trigger wire. And that goes up to a switch in the cab, and then that turns on the relay. So a relay is a switch in another location. Yeah, can we can we go over relays? Because I yeah. get confused. Okay, so there's there's fuses, there's circuit breakers, there's relays. Those are, mm-hmm. are those all kind of similar? Yeah, they're all just like different things that you can okay. use. So a fuse is like they got like a a thin piece of metal in there that'll only let a certain amount of amps pass. And if it goes above that, it like burns up and it won't let it go. So one of the things I like to use on all of our stuff is I'll put glow fuses in. And what those have, they have like a little LED in the top. Mm -hmm. And when the fuse blows, it somehow like shorts out that little LED or something. And then that will glow. So you literally just open your fuse box and you can see something's lit up. That means it's broke. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I like that. But um, fuses are important because if you have like a short or let's say your thing is pulling too much power for what you rated the wiring for, like because you did all your math and you were like, oh, well, 10 gauge wire will be able to power the ARB. But you have like a fucking um, a five foot length of it to try and mm-hmm. power it. And it's too much. 
uh, the fuse will blow instead of anything else getting damaged. And then a uh, circuit breaker is just a fuse that's resettable pretty much. So it'll like, we have two hundred amp circuit breakers for our, each of our batteries main outputs. And then we have a different one for the winch because I think it could pull well above a hundred amps. But um, if they blow, you can just reset them. Or like a lot of what I'm doing is I'm like testing wiring. So I'll like turn it on and they'll blow immediately. And then I'm like, hmm, something shorted. Mm -hmm. And then so you can just re-click it back together. It's okay. nice for like testing or like putting in wiring or stuff. And I don't know, I prefer them for the big stuff like that. And then also our dual battery system is isolated with like a voltage sensitive relay. And so I think it connects the batteries together at like 13.5 volts or something. So it has to see 13 and a half volts to connect them. So typically that's when the alternator's on and it's being charged, but it disconnects the batteries at 12.8. So let's say during normal operation of the truck, the alternator's on, and it is giving um, the batteries more than whatever, 13.5 volts. Mm -hmm. Both batteries are connected together using both, th both of them to run everything. They're connected. Okay. And then you turn your truck off. And well, you've still got like 13 volts there. And you're powering your fridge. So your fridge is running off both your batteries until they both drain down to 12.8 and then it'll disconnect the batteries and then your fridge is only being ran on your second battery instead of your first battery. So that's what's so great. It's not like any of these dumb like lithium ion battery packs that they sell that people carry around. Yeah. You literally, you never think about it. Right. It's always on. You don't have to plug it into anything. Everything's hardwired. You don't have to worry about blowing no, you, anything else. Yeah, you never. Important to get home. <laughs> yeah. You never have to worry about anything. And you can jump stuff to 24 volts to weld with it, mm, um, mm -hmm. which you can't do with the other ones. And it's cheap, man. It's like 200 bucks for a battery. And then the voltage sensitive relay is like 50, 60 bucks on Amazon. You wire it in and your alternator charges both of them just fine. So and you don't have to do anything different with the alternator? You no, you can put that diode in, which will crank it up a volt. Mm -hmm. But we also have like a 240 amp alternator, which is pretty excessive. I think most trucks have like an 80 amp, but it'll charge two batteries fine. There's yeah. no issue with it. Mm -hmm. It'll just be a little slower. Mm -hmm. But if you're plugging in your lithium thing, into the dash to charge it, you're still charging two batteries with your alternator. It's the same exact thing. It's just more work because you have to plug it in and then you plug other shit into right. it. So yeah. what we're doing is we're getting an inverter, which is going to run off our second battery. And then we're hard mounting a microwave in the back <laughs> of the truck. And so we're going to use our uh, Dometic if it continues to actually run which we'll see the thing's kind of <laughs> it's on its way out we, we've put it through hell yeah, yeah. It, it, we've not been good to it it is rough i just saw another person who got a dometic when we did and now they're selling it and they were trying to sell it for 900 bucks and i was like what, what? but i looked at it dude it looks brand new oh it's yeah, like no, ours is ours fucked. does not no ours is <laughs> fucked so i don't think they ever actually used it i mean we've had ours for what like three years yeah something like that and it's mm. it's been running for most of that time mm -hmm. um and we had to clean all the mud off of it off of the coils but so we're gonna use that as a freezer and bring like hunger man meals it'll be dope yeah because we actually don't like cooking which everyone knows by now yeah <laughs> um okay so can we talk about things like fuse blocks and yeah. all of that mm -hmm. or how about in the s pods and all that like oh, I, yeah. I just get confused with all that stuff so 
Um, a fuse block is essentially just like a little plastic thing that you put a bunch of fuses in. And it's nice because you can have like one main power input. So you can take that power straight from the 100 amp circuit breaker and run it as an input into a fuse block. And then you can have a bunch of different amperage fuses. You can have like a 15, a 30, a 45 for whatever you're running. Mm -hmm. And then it keeps them all in one spot. So if you ever have an electrical issue, you just pop open the fuse block and then there it is. You can easily um, figure out what mm -hmm. you need to do. Okay. I wish I took more pictures of some of the wiring I've done on other people's vehicles because mm -hmm. uh, I'm super obsessive about it. I'm like really anal. And then our truck, it's like 3 a.m. Yeah, fucking, last minute. I'm like yeah. sheet metal or I'm like self-tapping, screwing one wire into like the positive lug of the battery. Like, this, is, <laughs> this is not the right way to do it. Make sure no one sees this. Or do you remember our battery cables were held on by locking pliers for a while? Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's not the right way to do it. But you got to know the rules in order to break them. That's what I always say. Okay. Um, well, this time around, mm -hmm. we're going to clean up the wiring. and make. Yeah, it we're doing nice. a whole, like, wiring panel that'll have, like, all the switches and mm -hmm. fuse blocks. Um, the, like, S-Pods, Switch Pros, I think Smittybilt has a knockoff. And there's a Oxbeam makes one. What The, like, base level of it, what it is, is it's just, like, a circuit board that has a bunch of relays and fuses built in. Mm -hmm. um, and then they're cool. The basic ones also have a low voltage cutoff. So you can make it so that like below 12 volts, you can't turn on any of the accessories, which yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah. And then the next step up, they use like, uh, there are some that'll use like microprocessors. Mm -hmm. And for those, you don't need a fuse. It like, somehow it knows the amount of amperage that's normally drawn. Mm -hmm. And then if it, if it spikes above that a certain amount, it'll cut off power to it and so it's like it's a like self-learning hmm. switch dongle and a lot of them use like a little touch screen with a can bus which is cool the version we have is like actual switches mm -hmm. that you need to pull power through which has been pretty nice it I is mean, yeah it's been great um some of that some of those switch panels can get super expensive yeah well we're selling ours now mm -hmm. i gotta i was supposed to pull it out on friday but i didn't get to it i'll probably mm -hmm. try and do it on monday and then we'll sell ours just because we're at the point where we need more switches because we're going fucking full overland <laughs> um the six just doesn't work because you got the araby on mm -hmm. you have the locker solenoid engaged that's mm -hmm. two and then you have high-speed fan which is on a switch that's yeah. three so you're already using half and then we have left and right side lights mm -hmm. on the roof so that's five you only which, have room for one yeah. more and all of those things we've needed like yeah. it's been useful to have it on a switch even the separate lights mm -hmm. and high-speed fan is mm -hmm. nice too because right. if you're like if you're doing a bunch of like rev limiter clutch dumps and you're crawling mm -hmm. um it's nice peace of mind to be able to just click the high-speed fan on and then you watch that temp just drop like crazy because we have a giant alternator it's for uh like a pretty big v8 and then uh mm -hmm. and we run um a little bit of water wetter in it too which is like i think it's a surfactant is that what it's called it lowers no the idea. surface tension of the water so it increases the amount of heat that it can actually like hold and pull out and then i ours has a a lower temperature thermostat as well i think it runs like a 180 instead of a 195 or something mm -hmm. and that's because it, it used to have a supercharger on it at one point so you run a lower thermostat i haven't done that in the double cab i would like yeah, to i was gonna ask no i have yeah. one for it and i have a new gasket but we have to drain all the coolant out 
and then put new coolant in. And I'm like, Meh. you think it would help? Or I don't know. I think we need to just pull the supercharger off. I think off. so too. Yeah. This thing fucking sucks. For it's, the for the um, automatic. Because the one's on for... the stick too, really? though. Yeah, it's. I mean, the automatic just pulls a ton of power out in those mm-hmm. generations. The new autos are better than sticks by mm-hmm. far, but. Um, in those first gen Tacomas, the auto just, it, you're robbing like 20, 30 horsepower. Like I saw mm-hmm. one guy get a 3.4, he put the supercharger on, seventh injector, and he had a standalone engine management system. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a $2,000 computer that manages it instead of the stock Toyota one. And he had bigger injectors mm-hmm. and he had dyno sheets. And he went from 182 horsepower at the wheels to 211 horsepower at the wheels. What? Yeah. And he was like, he was on the Facebook, on the 3.4 supercharged Facebook group. And he was like, yeah, I'm like seven grand into this now. Oh my God. Because it was 3,500 for the supercharger new. Yeah. thousand bucks for seventh injector. Uh-huh. And then that computer management system is like 2,000, 2,500. And then the bigger injectors, like 500, 600 bucks. Jesus. And then he's had like a bunch of tuning done. I'm like, fuck, dude. But no one takes their shit to the dyno. They just do like seat of the pants. So I think it's better, but I don't know, man. I've rebuilt like a dozen or more superchargers mm-hmm. now, and I, I don't see a point putting them on the first generation Tacomas, although the superchargers for the 4.0 and the 3.5 are pretty good. Although I'm not mm-hmm. so sure about boosting a 3.5, but if they say it doesn't affect the warranty, mm-hmm. it might be worth it because the 3.5s are... Wait, did big. we... Sorry, did we put the 7th injector on ours? Yeah, you have to. Otherwise, it runs lean as fuck, and it'll blow oh, up your motor. Yeah, yeah, They yeah. come, like, they they just destroy their exhaust because it runs so hot on the back end. Yeah. And so they got really close to, I forget what they were going to do to fix it, and it was, like, almost a TSB, but they sold so few superchargers that they decided to just eat the cost for the engines that blew up. Mm-hmm. And um, they didn't release a TSB for it because it would have been more expensive. But there was a point at which they were about to do, like, a giant recall. And then I forget how they were going to fix it. Jesus. But, yeah, it's like the injectors almost can't handle it. And then with the 7th injector, you can't, like, mod Toyota ECUs at all. You have to, like, intercept the signals and change the signals so that they pump out more. So you have to solder, like, in line this little control box that's in um, the passenger kick well in our double cab Uh uh and it'll show like it'll show stuff like oh the fuel pump isn't getting enough um voltage or something Mm -hmm. or not enough amperage or some Mm -hmm. shit and it'll like crank up the amount of power that it gets and uh Mm -hmm. and uh it essentially makes it run more rich um we also have a bigger fuel pump with it too which is like 200 bucks Mm -hmm. so if you would tell an ls guy that you spent seven grand to make 29 more horsepower to the wheels. He, <laughs> like my buddies who build LSs for a living are like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like we could probably make 500 horsepower with seven grand. <laughs> oh my God. It's insane. And so that was one of our videos we're doing is we're trying to do a LS swap for the same cost as the supercharger seven ejector, all the tuning. And then our goal is to make double the wheel horsepower that it makes. 
Or fuck, maybe triple. I don't know. It's pretty bad, dude. <laughs> 212 horsepower. But That's that means so bad. our truck makes like 182 horsepower to the wheels, maybe, or at least maybe. it used to, until yeah. you send it through the fucking 14 bolt. Then you have all that rotational <laughs> drag. The giant ass tires, those I eat know. up a bunch. So we're probably like fucking 150 horsepower or something. Although that engine runs great, but it's super, the engine itself has like 90,000 miles on it. Right, right. Um, but the truck has like 270 or years, 280. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if you can even say that because there's no truck left. Just the parts I hate. The cab right, and the motor yeah. and the trains and the transfer Yeah, cases. nothing means anything anymore. No, it's, it's all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now that we've talked a little bit about the basics, how do you trouble... Okay, maybe we should talk about the most common problems that we have had on our yeah. truck with wiring and like troubleshooting them. Mm-hmm. Oh, usually it's just a short somewhere. Or like when I when we went to the electric fan, mm-hmm. there was a thermo switch that cranks oh. on at like, I don't know, 190 degrees or something. And all it does is it connects um, one side of the wiring to the other. So you get 12 volt flowing to a relay, which then will open up the power to the high speed fan. But what was happening is it was shorting internally somehow. Mm-hmm. And when it would turn on, it would just short and then it would kill um, both speed fans for some reason. I forget why, but it would yeah. kill the like fuse would blow and you would lose high and low speed. Um, yeah. Which wasn't dope. <laughs> but most of the desert. <laughs> yeah. Most of the issues you're going to have are like shorts pretty much. Mm-hmm. And they're super easy to trace though because you know you have 12 volt power at the battery. Right. And so all you do is you turn your shit on. And you just track the power from the battery and you trace it like, oh, the power goes from the battery to the circuit breaker that has power, which goes to the fuse block that has power. That fuse isn't blown. Mm -hmm. You check um, the power in that wire It goes into the relay and you're like, that's good. And then you check the relay output for 12 volt power. And if that's good, you got to go downstream, check the fuse there for power. Mm -hmm. And then you keep going until you get to the actual thing that should have power itself. And um, you can keep checking it for power pretty much the whole way. You you can do like a fucking continuity check in between the fuses to make sure they're good. Mm -hmm. Or pretty much you just take your little probey thing. You can even just have this thing. It's like a light bulb with a little probe on the end and you mm-hmm. just stick that in. If the light bulb lights up, you're like, it has power. So you're just checking and you want to isolate the point at which it has, it goes from having power to not having power. Mm-hmm. So usually in the relays right? somewhere. Right. It's usually an issue with the relay, which is why like those, um, S pods with like micro switches are cool. Cause they don't have relays. Mm. And so it's just like a little CAN bus terminal that controls it all internally. And it's like super strong, although they're not waterproof. So you got to mount them correctly so that like water can drain out. Hmm. None of those ones are technically watertight. Yeah. Um, okay. So then probably the most useful thing to bring is the the multimeter or whatever. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're going off-road, you have to have a multimeter. Mm-hmm. And it does so many functions, too. You can like check your battery health. You can check your resistance with it. You can check the wiring in your home to see if it's good. Um, you can check how many volts are coming through. You can do it. You can set it up. So it's checking how many amps something's pulling. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a super versatile tool and they're pretty cheap. They're like maybe 30 bucks. You can get a good one on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And then also I would say bring a code scanner too. 
Yeah. Because you want to know what codes there are. And you can spend a little more on a code scanner that has a built-in library. I would say do that. Yeah, because when you don't have service and it's throwing a code and you don't know what the code is, it's yeah. <laughs> not helpful. <laughs> Although I have a pretty good memory of what most of the codes are in a Toyota, so it's not as big a deal. I can at least know, like, oh, that's fucking emissions control, fuck it, mm-hmm. or something like that. But, yeah, it is nice because then you know... Um, if it's popping, like lean bank one or something mm-hmm. or whatever, knock sensors fucked up, which is like a P0303 or something. <laughs> There's like one is like one side knock, one's the other side knock, and then one is like uh, your wiring's fucked up, if I remember. But there's a bunch of different codes, though. There's like five, 600 codes or some shit. So you gotta know them. Uh, so that and then probably like extra fuses and. Oh, yeah. And, like, a little bit of wiring. I was going to say, should it, I mean, is it most of the time the fuses that you have to swap out or the relays? Yeah, but the fuses aren't the problem. The fuses are a symptom. Oh, I guess that makes sense because the fuses blow. When there's a problem. Right, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it's kind of like having a broken arm and getting pain meds. Mm-hmm. It's like the pain meds are fixing a symptom, but they're not fixing the problem. And so you're going to have to fix something before you just swap a fuse in, unless you're being kind of a lazy piece of shit and you just want to swap a fuse in and see how long you make it before it blows again. (laughs) And see if you can drive the entire 395 with no electric (laughs) fan, which is possible, by the way. You can do it, the entire thing. But as soon as you start to make a 4,000-foot climb on a dirt road when it's 110 outside, you will need an electric fan. For the uh-huh. record. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. So wiring, you probably want to bring a whole bunch of different like wire gauge and lengths and all that. Mm, or... Maybe. I only bring like some 10 gauge. Mm-hmm. I'll bring like a, maybe like 10 feet of 10 gauge or something, like a little spool or whatever I have laying around. But I also, I'll just steal wiring off other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you can steal the wiring off like your light bar and shit yeah. and use it to fix the wiring that's like actually important. Makes like that's sense. what I did when um, our alternator melted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I stole a piece of wiring off um, our dual battery setup and mm-hmm. I cut it apart and then I welded it to the alternator. Yeah. And then um, wire crimped that together. And then went on our trip. Yep. What else? I don't know. Wiring is honestly pretty simple. Everything, it's literally, I say it all the time, but it's just a circle. You just mm-hmm. have to connect it from positive to negative. Yeah. Do you have any, like, do, I mean, are you, like, pretty, I know with other people's stuff you're more OCD, but, like, color coding and labeling, like, to me, it's just, like, a maze of question marks. Like, I just don't, for some reason, my brain cannot. Well, so, like, Toyota harnesses are all yeah. color coded, and one of the cool things is they pretty much use the same colors for most of the time, so I'll know, like, all green with red stripe is like this or black with white dash is Mm -hmm. usually this and it's a ground but they switch on ground and so you can kind of memorize them but all you do is like for our taillight wiring Mm -hmm. it's like they're like eight wires in this little uh like shielding thing comes from the factory and they're all different colors Mm -hmm. and then you just look up the um freaking toyota tacoma you find 1995 and a half Mm -hmm. Uh, rear section wiring diagram and it'll show you what color does what Mm -hmm. and then it'll trace it throughout its entire existence like where everything goes so every piece of wiring that's on a truck you can reference in a diagram Mm -hmm. and it'll show you by like color and size what's cool some of 
like aftermarket campers and some other stuff, not only will they have individual color wiring, but they'll also print on them what they do. It's so nice. So it'll say like 12 volt fridge supply and it'll say like fridge ground and then it'll mm. say like switch for a b whatever mm-hmm. so nice dude because yeah. then you don't even have to look it up so that's really cool and you should yeah you should use like a bunch of different colors wiring for everything and have like your own diagram but i'll use red for pretty much everything I even know. grounds i know and it's like it's just all red <laughs> there's no rules it's at so least on our weird. truck because i'm cheap and i don't want to buy like different color wiring so the one thing I will do is I'll use different color heat shrink at the terminals. Mm-hmm. So like if it's a if it's a positive wire, I'll use a little piece of red heat shrink instead yeah. of black. And then if it's negative, I'll use black. But I also use black on almost everything too for like joining stuff. So like on our truck, it's a fucking crapshoot. Oh <laughs> it couldn't mean God. anything. But if I do it on other people's stuff, I'll like label everything. Mm-hmm. They'll get their individual colors, and then I'll draw out like a diagram too. But my goal is always to make it so simple that you don't even need a diagram. You just look at it and you're like, oh, this goes to this, this goes to this. Right, yeah. So Maybe we should work on that when we clean up our wiring. Yeah, dude, I know. <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> For my benefit, because yeah. I don't even want to get involved in it because it's just too confusing. Ours is very confusing. I won't lie. <laughs> I have like a... A bundle of red wires, and there'll be like five of them, and three are grounds, one's a power, and then one doesn't go anywhere, and I'm just keeping it there as a spare in case some of the other ones break. I'm like, no, of course, obviously, but yeah, I've done some uh, rough wiring in my day. Yeah. Um, But uh, I'm pretty good at it for the most part. It's just, it just takes a long time. It's very tedious, so I don't necessarily like doing it. You know what's cool? Mm -hmm. I use... um, like cold solder connectors with a heat gun. Yes. Those are cool. And then, so mm-hmm. what it is, is it's like heat shrink tubing and inside of it, there's cold solder. And so you just put the wires together, use a heat gun and the heat shrink shrinks on it. The glue keeps it together and then the solder goes. So you don't need like crimpers or anything. No. Although the problem with the cold solder is that because it liquefies at such a low temperature, um, if it's in the engine bay or something or next to like a shock or something that gets hot, mm-hmm. you can also melt it and then it'll become liquid again and fall apart. Oh. So what I do with those is I always do the solder, the cold solder together, and then I'll do black heat shrink on the outside. Oh, that's why you which, okay. Yeah, it acts mm-hmm. as like a thermal barrier for it a mm-hmm. little bit. And also the I use like a really thick black heat shrink too mm-hmm. and i try and size it to like exactly the wire so it's hard to push on although a lot of them will melt to like three times their original diameter hmm. or like three times less i was I gonna say. They, they get like three times smaller um what about the like what do you call it the thing that you do you, you know the snaky thing that you put the wiring in oh that's just like shielding, shielding. or that, that other stuff i think it's called pet P-E-T. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a little plastic, like, lanyard type looking thing that yeah. you shove it all through. That's okay. just... Uh, it's super satisfying to put It on. is satisfying. <laughs> yeah, it looks good, too. I like it, especially when you can put, like, a couple wires through one thing mm-hmm. and then heat shrink it on the ends. It's That's, just to clean it up, right? It cleans it up. It's better for, um, like, cable management, too. So you mm-hmm. can put a bunch of ones in there mm-hmm. and make it so you don't just have, like, eight wires sitting out. And exactly. also it's um, more cut-resistant. And also because it's like a plastic lanyard thing, 
it puts a little bit of airspace in between the wires directly touching like a metal surface that could get hot mm. or potentially shorting out if they like rub against something. Yeah. So you're less likely to short. That's why I'll run everything in it, mm-hmm. which like literally if you're doing a big wiring job, it can take like an extra 10 hours to put everything in its sleeving and do right. all of it. But I think it's worth it because then you have like wiring that you absolutely don't have to worry about ever again. Right. Which is right. nice. Yeah, it looks nice, it's organized, mm-hmm. and it's protected. And I like to use zip-tie tabs, too. So I'll weld mm-hmm. on little zip-tie tabs and then zip-tie the wiring up to them, and they'll mm-hmm. look super clean. I use those for, like, brake lines and shit, too. Like, we're yeah. redoing all our brake lines with Hardline, mm-hmm. and uh, we just use little brake lines, hold them, or zip-tie tabs, yeah. and a little piece of, like, rubber hose that you cut in half. It goes around the brake line, then you zip-tie it to the tab. Super clean, mm-hmm. super strong. Cool. All right. Well, I do feel a little more comfortable with wiring, I think. It's really pretty simple. And uh, you should just get yourself like a good uh, stripper. They have, um, you know, we have like, there's a normal style stripper that will list like the different gauges have like different holes. And Mm -hmm. then there's one that like will automatically adjust tension. It'll strip like any gauge wire. Hmm. This one I like. Even the Harbor Freight version is decent. It like strips on top and it has like a little blade thing. Yeah. So that's really great when you're trying to like strip like 10 different things and they're mm-hmm. all different sizes <laughs> and yeah. it works most of the time pretty good. Okay. So tools, then it's the wire strippers, mm-hmm. the multimeter, the fuses, the extra fuses relay and wiring mm-hmm. and then like, like what shrink tubing do you need to bring that? Nah, I wouldn't bring that. Just some electrical tape. You know what's funny though is a lot of electrical tape isn't actually rated to stop an electrical current. So there's like a separate kind of tape that you use for that. Mm. Um, the, I did not know that. Yeah, it's such a scam, dude. You'd think <laughs> it would be, right? Um, electrical tape works great, though, and it'll work in the place of heat shrink or like I would say to bring a bunch of fittings, but usually when I'm on the trail fixing someone's stuff, mm-hmm. I'll just like cut open two wires, shove them together, and tape them. I won't even use a connector. I'll be like, yeah. here, good enough. And um, that's you can do that with grounds, too. Mm-hmm. Like you can just take like some sandpaper, scuff it on the frame, and then tape the wire to the frame where you scuffed it. And I'll use that as ground. Like I fixed a dude's um, fans out in Corral Canyon once. I had to completely rewire it. I pulled off like all his light bar wiring mm-hmm. and I just redid it so that it would just, it was just always on. Mm-hmm. It was just hot all the time. Yeah. And I literally just, I undid the battery terminal. I shoved the wire under the battery terminal, uh, tapped it on with a hammer, and then I ran it out to the fan, and then I just grounded it to the frame. No connections, everything was electrical taped, and it worked fine. No big deal. I think I put a fuse in though, because I'm not an animal. <laughs> okay. But it was like fucking, it was like a 50 amp fuse though, which it didn't need, it needed like a 20, but whatever. I figure, you know, <laughs> it, it might help. <laughs> Maybe not, though. Who knows? Okay, so what about, like, newer trucks and vehicles? Oh, God, I don't even know. Dude, I don't touch them. <laughs> the thing is, like, if you have, like, a 2020 and you get on the trail and you start just have lights on on the dash, I don't know what you do. Or also, like, if you have a rock that pulls off, like, an ABS wire or something, it's yeah. possible you could just be stuck there in, in limp mode. Although, typically, in new vehicles, once you put them into four-wheel drive, mm-hmm. it'll let you out of limp mode a little bit. That's, like, how all the dudes with the third-gen Tacomas that are solid-axled, they um, 
they take their four-wheel drive actuator and they put it in the glove box and the truck thinks it's in four-wheel drive all the time to make all the lights turn off. Unless you have like some super wizard who can somehow fuck with the 2020 computers, which I, I know of like one guy on the planet who's done it ever. So and a lot of the like tweaker fab shops that are building them, yeah. no way they could do it. Yeah. They can't even, they probably barely know what day it is because they're all messed out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's simple though. That's, that's one of the annoying things about Toyota's though is that their ECUs can't fuck with them at all. Whereas like the Chevy guys, you can just like plug them into a laptop and mm -hmm. you're like, I don't like that the ABS lights on and you're just like, bing, you download like 10 bucks worth of software and you can just change everything. You can completely retune it. Like if you're just like an idiot with a laptop, you can tune an LS. Man. It's so much easier and they're uh, a little better engines altogether. At least the LS series, Chevy's had a bunch of fucking losers though. <laughs> I mean, just like Toyota and Ford. And Nissan and Hyundai. <laughs> Got all of them. They've all had some losers. Yeah. So what else about wiring? I don't know. I feel like... I feel like you've told me so many times that it's a circle and it still like blows my mind when it comes yeah, down to it. It just goes from plus to minus. From plus to minus? Plus to minus. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's literally all it does. Okay. All right. Okay, the next, when we get to the wiring on our truck, I'll mm -hmm. give it a shot. You're going to do some yeah, of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. doubt that. I'm ready. We'll see. It's just like the welder. You know how the welder all the time, yeah, you go to yeah, weld yeah. and you forget to put the, clamp, the, ground, the ground on? Yeah, on. like yeah. once a day I forget to put the ground on. Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. the same with wiring. That's all you're doing is okay. somewhere in your wiring circuit, someone has forgot to put the ground on. To complete the circle. Yeah, you got to complete the circle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's it. And then there's just extra cool things to make yeah. it easier to mm -hmm. troubleshoot. Pretty much, yeah. Or cause more damage. Yeah. That's why, like, you don't need a fuse block. You can just have a bunch of those, like, individual <laughs> blade fuse holders, which mm -hmm. I will use in line um, past the fuse block. I like mm -hmm. to have, like, multiple stages of fuses blowing. And you also, like, if you have a relay, mm -hmm. you need to have um, a fuse for the power coming in and I'll usually do like a fuse before whatever it's powering mm -hmm. somewhere um which I guess can also be back on the fuse block you can run like your trigger wire can have a fuse in the fuse block and then you can also run your power wire to have a fuse in the fuse block and then there are also relays that have fuses built in on top which mm -hmm. are cool because then that eliminates one of the ones you need mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then you can get like a you can get like these little tabs that are meant to hold a bunch of relays in a row. Mm -hmm. You put all the fuses in there with glow fuses, and then it's super easy. But right. it just doesn't look as clean as like, say, an S-Pod because you don't need as many wires for it because mm -hmm. it takes care of the whole relay thing. So you just have one wire that goes into the, or one wire strand that goes into the cab mm -hmm. for all your 12 switches, one that comes out, and then you have a power wire that goes into the S-Pod and a ground that goes directly to the battery, and then you just send out... Um, powers and grounds from there mm -hmm. and you with those you do have to ground directly back to them in order for like the voltage sensitive and the microprocessors and shit to work all right you're losing me but Sorry. <laughs> how often do you think people have wiring problems out, out on the trail do you think that's like normal one of people or us that's why i'm asking because i feel like we have it all the time no, that's just because of the shitty wiring. <laughs> it's just because I'm fucking... 
I have not wired stuff in the daytime on our truck in forever. Maybe never. It's always been at night without stuff. Yeah, yeah, without fuses. Mm-hmm. And like even when I put a light bar on the truck, um, I don't think I used any connections on it because I was out of connections at that time. And we were going to like leave and then we we're going to do a little bit of wheeling at night. And I was like, fuck, fine. But then I think that trip I ended up just hardwiring it to the battery anyways, so it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think they're actually that common. Okay. I feel like... I don't know. I feel like I would be uncomfortable going out by myself if I wasn't, like, familiar with that. Yeah. But maybe that's because we've had so many wiring problems. I feel like maybe, maybe. I just have a skewed perception of reality. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, a majority of that is just because... All the wiring I do is so last minute and shitty. But we've also had a bunch of failures, too. I think we've melted, like, three relays, um, which the relays that are rated for 40 amps, that sometimes is just, like, a marketing thing. And they're not always, like, actually good for 40 amps. And then, of course, um, if we're not buying, like, some good made-in-America stuff, we're buying, like, relays from Harbor Freight. Yeah, so I was going to ask, like, are there... there specific brands of of relays or all of the things that we yeah, use. Yeah, I mean prefer. the more expensive ones are better. Yeah. I like to use like Hello relays usually. Although mm-hmm. I think those have gone down in quality lately too. I don't even know what the good ones are anymore. That's like what people used to use. But yeah. you can assume a 40 amp relay, if you use it long enough, it'll probably melt. Just because the new ones are kind of junky. Mm. And I don't know. Maybe if you spent two or three times as much on a relay it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, how expensive yeah. can this get? Yeah, pretty expensive. But the thing about wiring those, it, it's not, there's not a big like barrier to entry like fabricating. Yeah. Or stuff like that. Like with a hundred bucks, you can have a good amount of like wiring tools and wire your own shit. So a lot of people get into wiring as like a gateway into trucks. That's why I got into it because I had like a set of wire strippers, yeah. some uh, like terminals, and yeah. uh, like wire shit for people. Interesting. I feel like that's like the last thing that I can wrap my head around. No, well, and also you got to think with the overlanders, a lot of people are like tech guys. Oh, that's so this true. is Maybe like what they like. Yeah. So it comes more naturally, and then there's yeah. less barrier to entry. Too. Yeah. Um, and I guess, I guess if you have like a newer vehicle and you're getting into it, most of the things that you're doing to it are things like adding accessories. And yeah, you're just like adding yeah. some shit on and mm-hmm. a lot of it's like bolt on. You're not going to be, you're not going to have like a 2020 Tacoma and like cut, start cutting shit off it because it, it, yeah. like you wouldn't just total a $50,000 truck when you could do the same thing to a $5,000 truck and end up with a better vehicle. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, right. A lot of people do it. Right. Um, unless you're trying to get likes. In which case, yeah, until I can. <laughs> but I don't know. That's cool. There's um, there's one guy who built a drift truck out of like a 2020 truck. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got like buku money though, so it don't matter at all. <laughs> um, they're good looking trucks though. I'm surprised they haven't made like fiberglass body kits. Mm. It'll turn. There are a couple that'll like mimic some of the third gen body lines on like a second gen. Yeah. Um, they are but, good looking trucks yeah. for sure. And the interior is pretty nice. Although it's a little dated, but at least the seats are comfortable. Just one we can say. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of worried about putting our racing seats into the truck, too. I'm worried they won't have enough, like, padding when we got to run the harness bar. And with the harness bar, yeah. yeah. We're going to have to completely redo the inside of the cab to fit the dog, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
let's figure it out. But the yeah. B pillar is going to have those um, like pass throughs for the harness bar. So that'll be cool. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that'll be good. But yeah, I'm kind of worried about it actually working. We will see. Yeah, we'll have to see. And then we'll put an LS in it, and then there'll be no Toyota parts left except the cab, which is the part I hate (laughs) the most, which is great. True. Um, Okay, so what do we have running on our second battery? We've got the fridge. Mm Mm-hmm. We've got... So the second battery runs the S-Pod, which then in Uh, turn runs the air lockers, air -hmm. compressor. Um, The high-speed fan is run off the second battery. Which isn't that great, but... The winch. You assume if the high-speed fan is on that the engine is probably on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, the winch runs off it. It doesn't run through the S-Pod, though. The winch has, like, its own... Right. Like, I think 150-amp circuit breaker and its own pretty thick-gauge cable that runs up there. Okay. Actually, I think I split the power to the S-Pod and the winch in the uh, Fenderwell area. Yeah. The bay. What is that? Hmm? What is what? The thing that we put in there. It's just, it's like a, just a little bolt thing. You just like bolt uh, all your wiring to it. Oh, okay. It's, I think it's called like a distribution block or something. Okay. I don't know. I pretty much Google all this shit. Or I look through our Amazon cart and just keep rebuying the same stuff. <laughs> hmm. So, but I don't, the winch has like a circuit breaker. Well, there's a circuit breaker at the battery. And then the winch has its like its own circuit breaker. Yeah. And then I think it's also fused internally somehow. I gotta check. But that winch can pull some power, man. Right. Fuck. It was uh it was when I was winching um that tundra onto the trailer, it kept blowing the fuse. For oh it. yeah. Yeah, I'd have to go and reset it. So I had to do like a pretty low line speed and stuff. But it's the wiring is actually pretty simple. It's like super simple. I guess. A lot of it is just like spending the time to make it look visually appealing mm-hmm. and then also spending the time to make it reliable. Like just crossing all your T's mm-hmm. and dotting all your I's, making sure it's like not by the exhaust, nothing can rub against it, all your connections are tight, and then inevitably, like you'll end up with one connector that you didn't crimp right or some right, shit right. and then you'll have to fix that there's like a lot more places that you can mm-hmm. my f- mess up my favorite connectors are crimp fittings that have heat shrink tubing on the end mm-hmm. and glue so the crimp is a good like mechanical right. um it's like squishing the wires together so a lot of people have kind of like gotten away from soldering everything mm-hmm. now because uh, it can like crack with vibrations and stuff, but it's still important oh. to solder things if you're doing like sensor wires or something like that. Because a lot of those, um, the measurements that they're taking are so fine that if there's any resistance in the connections, or if there's like, a, uh, like let's say it wasn't crimped good, or uh, you're using like poor quality connectors, mm-hmm. just that drop will cause like the sensors to not read accurately so that's a time that i would actually solder so for like ecu inputs i'll solder although there are even some guys who do it who say that crimping is better for that too i don't know it's a big fucking debate you get like 50 percent say soldering is bad because it can like uh, vibrate apart and stuff and then the other ones say like crimping is bad because you get some drop in between the connectors Hmm. it's just i don't know 
Who knows who's right? It's just like anything. It's just like anything, yeah. People (laughs) got opinions. (laughs) Are there different types of wires, too? Yes, there totally are. So um, a lot of the wiring that you'll find in the aftermarket world is actually copper-covered aluminum, and which works, but you end up with, like, less, like, material that conducts well. So Mm. for all of our dual battery stuff, we use solid copper wiring and there's also fine strand and thick strand so for like house wiring it'll be like a solid wire because it doesn't have to be super bendy and it's okay if it just like stays in one place whereas automotive wiring is like a bunch of strands so it's Mm -hmm. easier to bend around shit Mm. but um a lot of the aftermarket stuff like i said is copper covered aluminum which isn't as conductive as as just solid copper copper, but it's way cheaper Uh, And so I'll use like uh, welding cable is great. It's very fine strands of wire. Mm -hmm. And I'll use that because sometimes it's cheaper if you buy it in bulk online. Mm -hmm. So like I use like uh, zero gauge wire for the batteries that runs all the way to the front to a distribution block. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Wait. So when you said housing wiring, that reminded me. Housing wiring is completely different, right? House wiring? Yes, not really. Sorry, house wiring. Yes. <laughs> not housing wiring. <laughs> it's not that different. I mean, it's the same shit. It's still a circle, but it uses 110 volt. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, I mean, it's a, it's a different current too. What do you mean? It uses uh, alternating current instead of direct current. Oh, which man. Which I couldn't explain to you why... It's better, but it, it, it'll shoot the power out like bzz, 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 bzz. I don't fucking know. You would have to Google it right now, and then I would have to tell you guys. I can fix it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right. Straight Direct from the Direct current, internet. the electric charge current only flows in one direction. Electric charge and alternating current, on the other hand, changes direction periodically. The voltage in AC circuits also periodically reverses because the current changes directions. All right, I'm more confused than I used to be. Yeah, this did not clear anything up. Yeah, maybe you guys should look this up on your own. But, um... (laughs) So, like, automotive wiring is DC. Okay. But if you want... So if you get, like, a power inverter, you are not only taking the um, power from 12 volt DC, you're also turning it into 110 volt AC. I don't fucking know nothing about that, so don't even tell me. Oh, man. But that's what we're going to get, right? For the microwave? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I feel like we're opening ourselves up to a whole mess of problems on the trail. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> It'd be fine, though. So, I don't know. Okay, yeah. I, I, we'll have to. I don't know the difference. That's for fucking <laughs> someone smarter than me. I'm sure it's pretty simple, though, like anything. And uh, houses are just like cars. You got your fucking fuse panel uh, outside, which okay, but they yeah. use circuits. There's all the circuits that you flip up and down, and then you just pull the wiring out to something, run it through uh, some kind of tube to protect it. And then, like, so for our automotive lift in the shop, there's a circuit breaker in the panel mm-hmm. and then we run that out and then we have like an emergency stop 
which also has a delay fuse in it. And that way you can turn off the power to it and lock um, the power in the off position in case you're like doing some work on it and you don't want it to accidentally energize. It's just a good thing to do with any like um, big electric motor. Okay. So there's a wire like that. It's pretty simple though. Okay. I'll take your word. I'm for just, it. I'm not good at explaining it. <laughs> I can do it though. Like if you ask me to rewire a shop, totally do it. I just can't, you can't tell you how it did okay. it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. I think I'm ready. I'm ready to take a stab at wiring. You're ready? Truck. Yes. One yes, of the things yeah. you can do too is you can lick a wire and if it shocks you, you know it's on. Okay. So that's another way. Or like if you want to know if a wire's on, you just like touch it against the, uh, the metal and then if it sparks you know it's on oh my god i feel like we're so, gonna have to start giving warnings before these episodes what <laughs> that's really how you can do it like if you're on the trail and you don't have any tools or it's kind of like how you uh how you check if a spark plug is getting spark <laughs> you hold it against the block and you crank it over and if it shocks you it's getting spark mm -hmm. so hey wait a minute yeah you know how we were constantly getting shocked on the track when we would get out yeah what, what's what's the deal with I that? I think that was because it was dry. I don't know. I had some theory that, like, there was some <laughs> short or something. Because, dude, we were getting, like, as soon as you touch the sliders to try and get in the truck, it would just shock the yeah, crap out of you every time. Every single time. I think that was static electricity. Because it, it stopped happening when we got here to San okay. Diego. It really only happened in, like, Utah and shit. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. The entire trip. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I could check. Maybe there was some ground issue too well we're redoing it all anyway yeah so it doesn't matter mm -hmm. we actually we just welded on the battery mounts under the fuel cell yeah like cool little brace and i'll take some photos and post it pretty over instagram though i don't know i think everybody's over everything right now yeah also we've been in instagram jail for so long i'm kind of over it well and this is the one time that I genuinely did not do anything to end up in Instagram jail. Like I know. the other times, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> all right, <laughs> that's fine. But this time, I actually genuinely don't know what we did, but we don't even have impressions from hashtags anymore. Yeah, as an, like knew. as an option. Yeah, no one knew is seeing our no our posts. our posts for like the last but, four posts. I mean, the whole point of us getting on Instagram was to like meet cool people who also share the same interests, and we've been able to do that. So yeah. It's I mean, been it's not like we have to grow our Instagram. No, yeah, I have no interest <laughs> in it, really. It's uh, I already can't really respond to all the messages. I feel bad because uh, I want to talk to everyone on it, but I just don't have the time in the day. It's untenable. You can't do it. Okay, wait. I, I just remembered something I wanted to talk about. Yeah. We went to Utah and met up with Matt. Mm -hmm. His, like, makeshift... Um, on his truck. The, oh, his uh, welder neighbor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. How did Matt, that work? We should have Matt on this, actually. Cause totally isn't should. he an electrical engineer? That is what his background is. Yeah. Right I think he's a software engineer, but his background is in... Yeah, but he has a first-gen... Uh, no, actually, he has a third-gen pickup. Mm -hmm. um, his is like a 90 through 95, mm -hmm. and it has a 4.3 LS in it. I, his He does like a bunch of LS swaps with like junkyard motors and stuff. Mm -hmm. He's my hero. But so he has a second alternator that you can put the belt on. And then he has some like custom diode set up on it that'll jump it up above 30 volts. And then you plug in a stick welder directly to that. 
and he just like soldered it all together in his garage with eBay parts. And he also made his own like diesel heater for his teardrop tra- his teardrop trailer that he made himself, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which he said gets like way too fucking hot. It was like zero outside. And it was like ninety in the teardrop, and he couldn't go to sleep. <laughs> so he had to make like a little vent. The diesel heaters you can't run them low past a certain point because there's like a plate in there that gets hot mm-hmm. and it like drops diesel fuel on it, mm-hmm. and it has to keep doing that at a certain rate to maintain a certain temperature so the diesel fuel burns off. So there's like a low point threshold of those heaters. Mm-hmm. And he was like beyond that to the point where it was all the way down, but it was still like 90. Because oh I mean, his teardrop trailer is tiny. So he had to make like an exhaust system for it <laughs> that'll like vent off some of the hot air randomly. Um, but that's pretty sick. It's a little weldernator. I haven't seen that where it's like a second alternator. Mm-hmm. I, um, I mean, I must have because how else would you do it? You can run it off the same one. Maybe I, there's like a switching system. But it's pretty cool, man, because you have the one alternator and then you have another one on a bracket next to it and you just release a tension on the dynamic tensioner, Yeah. put the belts on the second alternator, and then you're welding. Could you do that with, like, other things mm-hmm. besides, like, welding? Can you have, like, a second alternator to do... Yeah, well, there's also... There's a company called Premier Power Welder and they mm-hmm. have, like... It's, it's the same thing as a weldernator. It's, like, a $3,000 kit that has, mm-hmm. like, an alternator that powers a little welder. Mm-hmm. And you can, that, well, that's pretty much the same exact thing, though. But you could have a second alternator. The other cool thing, too, is that's a spare alternator. Right. So if his goes out, he just undoes the dynamic tensioner, swaps it over. But then I think he has to swap the diodes around, too, because mm. um, you're not going to want to charge the batteries at 30 volts. That would fucking melt them. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that would have been useful when we were on that one trip. And the alternator... Melted? Melted. Yeah. Well, that was... um, The GM one-wire alternators are great. That's a super good upgrade for, like, any generation Toyota, pretty much. Um, Ours is 240 amps. I think they go up to, like, 300 amps. And they're super common. You're way more likely to find one at a parts store than you are to find the actual Toyota alternator. Um, And they're super reliable. It was just a metal bracket got zip-tied too close to the output and was shorting. Well, also the fact that, like, all of the... Um, auto shop stores oh, were, were demolished, demolished yeah, from yeah. the earthquake mm-hmm. and Whatever. we couldn't get a spare. Yeah, so we couldn't get any at all. <laughs> but we still managed to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Having a welder on your off-road rig is so important. Like, could you imagine what we would have done had I not impulse bought ours on eBay? Oh my god, <gasps> we've used it so many times. I know. I've told everybody this already, but it's probably been the, the, by far mm-hmm. the the best tool yeah. that we brought. We got ours as second hand, but it was like 300 bucks. I don't know how much they are new, but I would pay it. Mm-hmm. So I don't give a it's shit. Although I, they still have a big contract they're mm-hmm. fulfilling with the military. So I'm not sure if you can even buy them. Do you remember when we were at, I want to say it was TDS maybe. Yeah, I think it was mm-hmm. TDS. And we had to weld up our friend's um, dry shaft. Yeah. And then what happened? Did we like... Wire the batteries back Oh, up I hooked backwards. them up backwards, dude. Yeah. I don't even know why, but I put, I put the positive on the negative and the negative on the positive, and it blew our um, 80 amp main fuse. And the main fuse in Toyotas is usually bolted in from the bottom. Like each of the tabs have like bolts on them, so you have to like take the fuse box apart. And then mm-hmm. I think what I did, which is what I usually do when I have like colossal fuck ups like that, is I pulled the ABS fuse out 
which just uses blades. They're not bolted. And then like shoved the wiring from those. And I used like some locking pliers to hold it on. That's when we had the To the ABS pliers. fuse. Mm -hmm. No, the locking pliers were on the battery terminals. Because it also, when you touched it backwards, it, I don't know what happened, but it like, it fucked something up and I had to hold them on with locking pliers. I don't remember the specifics of that too many brain injuries at this point, but something happened. Yeah. Oh man. That's just like a little fuck up though. You know what I mean? But our new system is going to have three battery switches. So you're going to disable the two 12 volt power on switches and then you're going to click to jump it from 12 to 24 volts, which then the will welder. also power, yeah, the welder okay. output, and then which is also gonna have a voltage monitor above it. So you'll be able to physically see that you've gone from 12 volt pad, uh, power to everything to no power to everything, and then you've jumped it to 24 volt on a completely different circuit, and then there'll be no way that you can make it go 24 volt while also being attached to all your truck wiring, which could potentially fuck it up right, pretty bad. Right, right. Okay. So that'll be good. And then you won't have to like unscrew the batteries ever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So my goal is to never have to touch the batteries. And I want to put an aluminum shield around them too. I know. Um, our setup before the batteries were underneath the truck towards the back. And we had a giant skid plate that we always had to take off when we used the welder. It was so annoying. It, yeah. It was, I mean, it wasn't that annoying, but it was no. kind of. It's just frustrating. Yeah. yeah. And it, I would like try and avoid welding shit together because I didn't want to do that and Deal undo the that. skid plate. And then you have to undo all the connectors mm -hmm. on the battery and then put the welder connectors on. It's going to be so much easier if you just flick three switches over. Mm -hmm. I wish there was a way where it would, it, in like one switch, you could go from two batteries sending out 12 volt power, but still have them able to be disconnected by the voltage sensitive relay. Mm hmm and then turn all that stuff off in the next position and then have them jump to 24 volt power and then um, power like a Anderson plug on a bulkhead connector. But I can't find a switch that will do that. Hmm. So that's kind of shitty. It needs yeah. to go from like two in to two out and then middle position, probably nothing on. Cause I want to be able to just turn it all off too. Right. And then the next position, two in to one out to a completely different circuit. Interesting. But still with the voltage sensitive relay isolating the two batteries. So when your truck is off, everything just runs off the second battery, mm -hmm. which is nice. It's been great though. I mean, we use our toolbox lights off it and yeah. the fridge mm -hmm. and side lights and yeah, like, all yeah. that shit. Mm -hmm. We'll run it, whatever. It doesn't matter all night, all day. Yeah. You don't care. You can still start the truck no matter what. Exactly. You don't have to worry about leaving something mm -hmm. on that was really stupid and yeah. then being dead in the water. And the alternator charges that second battery so fast. The 240 amp alternator. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. You just drive a little bit and you're totally topped up. Yeah. So that's good. And I think then with the diode that jumps the alternator up a volt, that'll help a ton too. Just because uh, there's like a weird debate about like what you need to charge the Optimas and Odysseys and stuff like that on. But the fucking sticker on the battery says like the float charge and what you have to like maintain them at. Mm -hmm. And also when you're putting a battery on a charger, there's a separate setting for like a gel battery. They're not, there's a special name for them, which of course I forget now that we're on the podcast, mm -hmm. but it's the same. It's a, uh, it's like absorbed glass mat or something. 
Hmm. And you have to charge it at a higher voltage than a normal battery. So, like, even the battery chargers know that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't know why people are like, no, that's going to ruin your truck and your alternator. But mm-hmm. I think it's also like a bunch of dudes who don't actually know what they're talking about who are saying this shit. Because the one thing I've learned is that if people pay for your opinion, you're less likely to give it out for free. Okay. Yeah. So I guess we shouldn't be doing these podcasts. Right. You know, <laughs> I look like an idiot. <laughs> I'm going to edit that part out. <laughs> okay, you do that. Wait, I have another question. Okay. Um, batteries. Do you yes. have, like, thoughts on different kinds of batteries? I know people have, like, preferences for first. I like deep cycle batteries because mm-hmm. they are damaged less when you run them down. So, like, a normal battery. Oh, fucking helicopters all like the, the time, the ghetto dude. bird is just, like, I know. flying around right now. Oh, okay. it's so annoying. Yeah. And we lost out on that house in Santa Isabel. Oh. The 1,600 square foot garage, eight inch concrete walls. So annoying. Up in the mountains. In the mountains. So pretty. Anyway. Fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Deep cycles are great for off-roading because everybody inevitably does like a bunch of accessories, which then drain right. the battery. Um, and like a normal car battery isn't designed to be drained. Mm-hmm. It's designed to like pretty much maintain the same charge. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of deceptive because you might be like, oh, yeah, there's like 12 volt battery that has this many amps Mm -hmm. and this many amp hours and stuff. But then if you drain it too far, you could ruin it permanently. Mm -hmm. So, and there's some ways you can do like, uh, some charging cycles that will like get rid of some sulfur in the batteries or something and kind of try and fix them. That's what they do. Like when you bring a junk battery to O'Reilly's, they'll put it on their thing and try and do like a charging cycle to bring it back to a hundred percent. Um, a lot of times it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And so, before Optima moved their manufacturing um, to South America, they were like the best batteries, but mm-hmm. now they're kind of junk. Right. Although I've talked to a guy who's a higher up at Optima who was saying the batteries have actually gotten better. What's happened is newer cars draw way more power while they're shut off. And they're saying so they have more warranty mm-hmm. returns because of that which I think is bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing as ARB saying that their seals leak internally because <laughs> people don't install them right. Because, yeah. you know, people are installing the internal seal, yep. obviously. Yeah. Um, the part that you can't even get at when you install the locker. You have to completely bolt, unbolt the thing. Blame so, the customer. Yeah, I think it's just more pelfrey built blaming yeah. the customer shit. <laughs> Here we go. Here. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I promised myself I wouldn't go on a rant about overland shit in this one. I guess I kind of have. So, yeah. I don't know. All right. We've been trying to buy a third gen Tacoma to build for a while. Yeah. But fuck do they hold their value, man. God, even when they're freaking wrecked. Yeah. Dude, bent frame, completely fucked up bed. This thing, it was a 2019 with like 15,000 miles and its pre-auction bid was 20 mm-hmm. grand. Mm-hmm. Usually the, the like... Bids will double from the yeah. pre-auction bid. And it only retails for like 45000 I don't so get it. There's like no margin, but... Although, now's the time to get a new vehicle if oh, you're gonna... If any of you guys have been in the market for a new vehicle, there's some insane deals right now. Like, a part of us was considering getting like a 5500 cabin chassis, like extra cab truck, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then putting a flatbed on it to drive our truck up onto... 
or like a big ass camper and tow our truck with it. But they're literally, it's like 0% APR for 83 months, 12 months deferred. Yeah, it's freaking crazy. You get like two grand off. It's insane. The deals they have right now for all mm -hmm. that stuff. So if, yeah, if we were ever going to buy a new vehicle, this would be the this time to it. do it. But yeah. unfortunately too, we're also like looking for shop space and house. Buy a house, yeah. And <laughs> we need a CNC press break and uh, like actual production plasma, plasma table yeah. and all this other shit. So it's like we go from nothing to having to buy everything. And We're pretty frugal too. Like on Monday, I made four grand off the stock market, doubled my money, and I ate a Hot Pocket for lunch. So yep. I've lost I all that money by lunch. now, but... <laughs> <laughs> I did. We were up four grand on Monday. <laughs> you were up four grand. Yeah. Not made four grand. Yeah. But There's a we do live pretty frugal. We do. Um, yeah. I mean, look at our, we've rebuilt our own truck four times. Yeah. Instead because, of building new vehicles. Yeah. Because we can't afford to just sell it and buy whatever the new thing is. We don't have that fucking Dodge Ram prospector know. money. Um, is there anything interesting happening in the off-road world right now? I don't know. There's Ford announced a new, um, it's going to be like the Ranger, but not. It's going to be like a cheaper version of the Ranger they're coming out with. I think hmm. it's going to have like a little three liter engine and we'll see how it goes. I feel like Ford like talked a big game coming out with the Ranger and I haven't really seen a whole lot. Oh yeah, they suck. They have like a hundred TSVs mm -hmm. already. It's been like a year. Mm -hmm. They beat the third gen Tacoma for like off the lot issues. Mm. Um, which is crazy. I think all new vehicles <laughs> are just going to have issues, though. Yeah. There's too many computers, and the requirements on them are crazy. Although, the mileage some of those new trucks get is insane. Like the 2020 F-150 that gets 30 oh on the God. highway. I know. I'd rather have that than a car. Yeah. So dumb. I know. It's crazy. Or like um, our friends, Dodge Ram 5500 mm -hmm. with the diesel, 42-inch tires, it weighs uh, 9,000 pounds without anything on it. Mm -hmm. He has 17. He's averaging 17. I know. I know. It's better than both of our trucks. I know. And the, you could drive our truck onto the bed of his, mm -hmm. and then you could attach a trailer and tow our other truck with it, and it would still get by better mileage than either of those trucks just driving oh, on their own. Oh, man. How fucking dumb is that? You know, we should really think about towing. I know these <laughs> bastards have like a big diesel truck with a camper and then they tow their shit out and get better mileage than us like driving places. Oh, it'd be super comfortable. Yeah. And it like always runs. And if it's broken, you don't have to worry about getting home. Yeah. Just off the trail, which we can mm -hmm. always do. Yeah. Oof. Great. Oh, I'm sorry. Jesus Whatever. Christ. Whatever. It's not like we're going ever anywhere. Again. I know we're not. The truck oh, is man. really close to done, though. It's okay. not like final stretch. It is in the final stretch, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah. We have a lot going on on it, but it's really coming together nicely. Yeah. It's a lot better yeah. than the other version. Yeah, you know, that whole like rear exo is braced so well mm -hmm. right now. But we so so here's the thing: mm -hmm. is we're gonna spend all this time on redoing the the truck and mm -hmm. all the like. The, the storage, the look of it, mm. that we're cleaning it all up. Um, and then we have to spend just as much time thinking about the inside because that's where we are most of the time. Yeah. You well, know? maybe that can be your job. What? You're in charge of interior. What? Why? I don't know. I don't like it. 
Well, neither do I. That's why we have a shitty interior. (laughs) It's so bad, dude. I haven't even fixed the door from when it got stuck shut on the Rubicon, and I had to sheet metal shear the door in half and then zip tie the lock uh, tumbler together. You do not get... You you don't lose your patience very often. Ever. Yeah. I don't get mad. That was one of the, like, maybe, like, two times I've seen you lose your patience. I don't get frustrated. (laughs) I'm literally the most patient person on the planet. I I would agree with that, for sure. Patient and calm. Yeah. And that did almost send me over the edge. I would have rather the Dana 60 broke again. Not get stuck in the fucking door. We've had so many serious problems that you're like, all right, whatever, we're just going to fix it. Yeah, I'm like, oh, fuck it. The freaking door gets stuck Dude, and you lose your shit. That and when the windshield wipers got stuck <laughs> on. Those were the two times. And then yeah. I had to just fucking <laughs> disable the windshield wipers and then it starts raining 10 minutes from home. After, like, like, on, a, like, a 10-hour drive. Yeah, and I'm like, good luck, everybody else. I'm not pulling over to turn the windshield wipers on. So <laughs> if I if we die, we're taking other people out with us. That's for sure. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. I would have pulled over if it got too bad. But Right, yeah. So, <laughs> so dumb. All right. Well, we do have Jesus. a lot going on with the truck. It's going to be, yeah, be the cool. best rendition of it. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked on it. So far, it's really good. We're waiting. We have a 16-gallon water tank, which we're going to use a 12-volt, like, drinking water pump from an RV and a little faucet on the side to, like, Mm -hmm. fill water bottles and stuff. I think that's going to be pretty dope. I really like that because water has always been that one part of our setup that we can never really get comfortable with, you know? We'd bring, like, two water jugs, but it was always annoying, and then you got to, like, pull them out to fill it. So I think the 16-gallon tank fits perfect behind the fuel cell. Behind the fuel cell. It keeps the weight pretty low. In front of the fridge. Yeah, directly above the axle. So Mm -hmm. then we have the 32 gallons of gas. The batteries sit under the fuel cell, so it's pretty Mm -hmm. low, and then the water sits there. And it leaves all the rest of the space open for storage. Yeah, totally open, which is great. It worked out. We're thinking of doing some kind of like modular storage thing in the back to make mm-hmm. it super easy. Using a lot of that like Milwaukee pack out system exactly. that they have with all the like the totes and the backpacks and stuff mm-hmm. that all clip together. Because mm-hmm. that'll be nice because then it's like, oh, if we're towing um, quads out to the desert for the weekend, we mm-hmm. can have a, like the Milwaukee pack out stuff full of like tools and sandwiches and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Or we can swap it for, like, a long-term trip. We can bring different stuff. Or if we're going to, like, an event, we can bring, like, Corva flyers and a big old tote Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So that'll be cool. And then I'm stoked on the roof setup, too, because the roof is going to be totally flat now with little side rails. And then we're doing an umbrella stand in the middle of the roof. (laughs) And we're going to have a 10-foot umbrella that comes up. And it's all going to be uh, flat enough to put lawn chairs up there and hang out up there and watch races and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I just have to figure out a way to get... I think maybe we're going to have to bring a separate cooler that we bring up there with ice or something. Because otherwise you can't get into the fridge yeah. on the roof, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. So Man. we got to figure out a sunshade, too, for the side. We have one 270-degree awning that we imported when, in the beginning, I was going to... Uh, like build new brackets for the awnings and then resell them so they would actually work. But then after setting like two of them up, I was like, this is a fucking pain in the ass. (laughs) We're not bringing these. It's like the annexes. 
You remember when exactly. we imported oh the annex? Oh my god! We set it up once, and I almost threw it in the dumpster immediately after. I was like, "This is the Such most annoying thing." A pain in the ass. I yeah. hated them. Mm-hmm. Can't stand them. No wonder CVT gives them for free with their tents because they had such a backlog of like ones that got returned yeah, and stuff. Yeah, if like, you think you want one, you don't. Yeah, you don't. Except if you are staying in a spot for like three days and you have kids, that's a good spot sure. for the kids. Okay, yeah. It doesn't work for us. That's the other thing too is I'm always like, this is dumb. This doesn't work, but it's really just for us. Right. We're not the mm-hmm. typical, I guess, consumer of these things. So. Yeah. We, we, we move often. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be nice. I, we were just talking about how I think we haven't gone anywhere since Utah. It's been a few months. And <sighs> this is the longest we've been crazy without going somewhere. And I, like at this point, I wouldn't mind going to a freaking campground. Yeah, just, I would go like, to a staying campground. Staying put and just being away. Yeah, I know. And outside. Maybe we can go to some secret spots in Laguna for the night, too. I still remember some secret spots from when I was a firefighter really? up there. Yeah, I freaking think so. Me. Sorry, and shit. You never now. asked. Well, yeah, we had to work, even though we didn't get anything done. <laughs> so, oh. Sat around, hung out, the shop. That's why well, it'd be that's nice. Not too bad. No, nah, it'd be nice. The shop was at our house, though. It would be. That's that's the goal. That's what yeah, we're Yeah, that's for. our goal too. So now we did miss out on the perfect house in Santa Isabel. The we're realtor did some shady shit though, because they wouldn't even like we put in an offer on it. And they wouldn't even let us, like, increase Counter, our offer. Right. And then it turns out the realtor is selling a house in Santa Isabel and was trying to move. We think that the and seller's realtor waited for our offer to come in and then bought it herself. Yeah, I'm not even confident that, like, they saw our offer. Because it was on the market for over a year. And we made a full price offer on it. Uh, yeah. And I they just, didn't even give us a chance to, like, an offer hour more later, or whatever. Oh, another offer came in. They couldn't refuse. And that's it. And then no explanation. Yeah. No, I mean, usually they, they tell you, oh, they they went 10 over asking or they, mm-hmm. they're they waiving the inspector fees or whatever mm-hmm. it is, but nothing. And she was so shady about the entire thing, shady. too. She wouldn't answer any questions. And she was, like, really flighty about, like, why her house is for sale and where she's moving. So it's public record how much it sells for. Yeah, and I have a sneaking suspicion that we're going to see it sold for like 10% under asking and never even saw our yeah. offer. And they probably won't even use the fucking 1,600 square foot garage Shop under with it. The 12 foot ceilings yeah. and eight inch concrete walls. Oh my God. 220 so already perfect. wired in. A with back, a bathroom yeah. and a sink. Backup propane generator, too. Mm-hmm. There's some power outages there mm-hmm. sometimes. But. It was on two acres. Mm-hmm. The house is beautiful. The view is beautiful. But now I think we're stuck at building our own shop. So our goal is to find a place with land that's pretty cheap, not too far out. The other advantage of Santa Isabel is it's a no smog county. Yeah. So it's only smog to transfer. You don't have to do biannual smog, which would be nice. Like that, Julian, and there are a couple other zip codes around here, like uh, Salton Sea, Oh, those no places there, yeah, i wouldn't fucking live there though i'd rather smog my shit that's how much i don't want to live there <laughs> um but that would be cool because then we could do so many sick projects not having to worry about smog you just dirty smog at once yep. and then you're good um but yeah it's fucking annoying dude it is so now we'll probably end up building like a prefab warehouse which sucks because this one, because it had such thick concrete walls, it'd be easy to keep cool or hot. Mm-hmm. Whereas Quiet. the metal buildings, dude, yeah, they'll yeah. be loud and, and hard to insulate. But um, we're probably going to build like a 4,000 square foot 
metal warehouse. Yeah. yeah. But on the bright side, we can build it how we want it. Yeah. And the have size a lot of we space. need. Yeah. And then I can stop doing all the other stuff and only focusing on like the 20 different products that I have designed that need to be actually made. Yeah. On our property. Mm -hmm. So that would be nice. That's the goal. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. That'd be nice, man. I just want to move out of the city mm -hmm. to where it's quiet. And there are trees, mm -hmm. and it's quiet. <laughs> I, just, it, I get, like, stressed out living in San Diego. I know, in the city. And Too especially, yeah, and then the shops in El Cajon, which is fucking awful. Like, we were there on Saturday. How many times did we hear gunshots? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are a couple times you just yeah. hear gunshots mm -hmm. all the time, constantly, so. It's hot. So hot, yeah. And it sucks. But... Hopefully that works out for us. Find yeah. somewhere cheap. Move out there. We'd love to move out of state, but I don't think there's just no way we can. We just can't right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Your job is too good. And then, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't have any money. Yeah. So that sucks. We need but money. We're at the point where we need to expand. I think I would like to do the welding workshops Going and to, maybe yeah. do a wiring workshop too where i just have everyone like wire a relay like a wiring 101 thing oh all right well Ooh. sign me up yeah i know you need that <laughs> maybe i'll i'll have you wire all the stuff on our truck because we need to do a relay block with like 12 relays after we get rid of that spot no i know i want to mm -hmm. i want to get comfortable with it because i've just been avoiding it yeah the best thing to do would be to get one of those like switch systems that has they have one that's like 12 they even have some that are touch screens and so you can set like parameters so you can make it so like uh you can take like the coolant temp sensor and do a little tap into it and then run like the fans off that hmm. too and then it's all done by in that same switching system with the microprocessor yeah. and then it shows up on the touch screen so you know like all your fans God. on this is the temp and it has like different displays and stuff. And then you can do like 12, 14 switches off it. No fuses. Oh Somehow God. it knows it off itself. But how much is that? Well, it's like a thousand bucks. So yeah, that would be the best setup though. Like if you're building a race truck or something, that's clearly the way you have to do it. Mm -hmm. That's just, that's the future. Mm -hmm. um, but, and we would do that on our truck, but we're out of money for it. <laughs> we're like, we're building it out of scrap. Right. It's literally being built out of scrap. Yeah, it's fucking scrap. <laughs> I have uh, spent like uh, 100 bucks on IMS so far on a couple of pre-cuts. Right, yeah. And the rest has mm -hmm. been like shit left over and then stuff that was like supposed to be for a project that never happened mm -hmm. or like, mm -hmm. yeah. We still have a lot of scrap at the shop too. I, I'd do. like to cut it all apart and like uh, fish mouth a bunch of tubes and do like little like... Uh, practice welding setups yeah i i know i i always practice weld on like square two and mm -hmm. i really need to practice i know and then we tube. only weld round it's like what, what's the point of welding on square it's you might as well just weld straight lines I know. exactly welding yeah. in a straight line is bullshit it's so easy to do mm -hmm. um it's really being able to weld around a tube in like three sections is pretty key i can do it so. in four not three yet yeah i mean i can do it in two but there's a point at which you're sacrificing like gun angle and keeping your speed right and everything mm -hmm. just to be able to weld it in three instead of four. And it's like, fucking right. Hell, if it's, four. I mean, if it's stronger and yeah. 
It's just the tie-ins look gross, though. Like, the welds start and stop. So what a lot Mm -hmm. of people do is they'll um, take, like, a little Dremel and they'll Mm -hmm. grind out their weld um, starts and stops. Mm -hmm. And then you begin welding it from there. Hmm. So you don't have that, like, big old goopy thing. Build up, yeah. So there's a lot of, like, uh, manufacturing processes that will require that, like, grinding out your starts and stops. Okay. So it depends. Um... Yeah, we're going to add um, links to the website. Not like web links, but like links. You just type in like what length you want with what ends. Yeah. And then we'll be building them out of, uh, it'll be chromoly slugged with 7075 and heat treated. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like all the good shit. And then it's going to be MIGged, but we're not going to MIG it with uh, ER70S6 or whatever. It's going to be the like 80D2 or something. I don't know. There's a, you have to use a separate wire for 4130, which no one really does because, um, the like industry standard welding wire just doesn't have like the hardness that the parent materials have. So Hmm. there's no point in doing it. Yeah. And that'll be better. I wish we could take them, but it's getting an actual TIG machine is like pretty cost prohibitive. It's like two or three grand. I know. I would love to get one though. We should sell this ESAB and try and get a machine that does like MIG and TIG, but there's only like a couple that will do MIG and TIG aluminum, but they're like three grand. And then I don't know if they're as good as the standalone TIGs too. Yeah. I think the standalones are way better. We could get like a little shitty Lincoln air-cooled standalone TIG. Um, well, the problem is, is I don't want to get something that we're going to grow out of or feel like it's not what we wanted and then have to get something else later. Yeah. Like, I'd rather just jump to what we're going to get long term. That's what we've done with everything, too. Like, even when I, even the chop saw, I was like, fuck, I don't want to get the cold cut saws because they're an extra 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. But at this point, um, it would have saved us money because it cuts straighter. Yeah, and you it, don't it, get the weird... Yeah, it chips the material yeah. instead of, like, melting it, too. So it's just better cut quality. You mm-hmm. don't get the weird burrs on it. Mm-hmm. And the uh, discs last longer, whereas I go through discs, like, yep. maybe every, like, mm-hmm. once a day or mm-hmm. something, almost. I go through a bunch of discs. And yep. down to our fucking table, I built it out of 3 16 The reason I was <laughs> no. going to build it out of 3 8 and then I saw the total price for two four by eight sheets of three eighths, and I was like, "Fuck no!" So I got three sixteenths instead, and it's not flat because three sixteenths is saved, too thin. You saved what? A couple hundred bucks, exactly. and now the entire table is useless as a fab right. table. You so you can't use it for a flat yeah. surface. I'm gonna yeah. redo it probably out of like uh, maybe a half inch or something. I'll do like a half inch top table. Yeah. So the biggest lesson that we constantly learn mm-hmm. over and over again, but really don't because we do it over and over again. Yeah. Is just buy, just spend the extra whatever and buy the good stuff that's going to last a lot longer. Yeah. You end up saving money and In the time. long run. In yeah. the long run, yeah. It's, what's that? There's that fucking saying about quality. What is it? The taste of savings disappears faster than the quality lasts? Or, I don't know. Dude, I don't freaking know. You're such an old man. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, we like to stick to like high quality, locally made stuff. Or I'll buy shit at Harbor Freight. That's like my two go-tos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One or the other. It's one or the other. Or I'm like on eBay looking for used Harbor Freight stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I bought a bunch of used Harbor Freight shit on eBay. stop it. It's like another step. Like right now, we're looking at getting, uh, we need like a bunch of lights for the front of the truck because we're giant hypocrites. And we're going to (laughs) run a bunch of lights up there, right? And I'm like on eBay looking for used like Amazon light bars. (laughs) 
All right. Well, I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, or on uh, Alibaba, I found a bunch of laser lights, mm. which I was thinking about. Sometimes when you order a sample from Alibaba, yeah. you can be like, oh, for sample, will you do half price? And then you'd be like, yeah, I talk a big game. Like, oh, and then I'll want to order a couple containers. So can you get me a quote on that? And I'll be like, oh, this guy's going to order a couple containers. Yeah, we'll send him half price. Well, yeah. And then you just get lights for half price. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then you just block them. Um, yeah. Well, I also don't like like accumulating a bunch of junk. You yeah, know? we just have junk. And, and then you end up needing a bigger shop space. Yeah, true. So. So that'll be nice. But that's why we're getting like an actually good plasma table. Right. Totally welded, not bolted together. If we're going to spend that much money on, on a yeah. tool, mm. we might as well just spend the extra and get the one yeah. that we're not going to get frustrated mm. with like a few months from now, you know? Yeah. So that will be good. It'll yeah. be so nice to be able to actually produce our own products. And then what I also want to make is a bunch of like builder parts too. Like there's a mm -hmm. bunch of products that I've wanted that just don't exist. Yeah. That uh, I don't want to talk about because then right, right. if other companies are listening, yeah. then they'll be like, oh, we'll make those. And they'll just like draw them up and laser cut them and they'll be on the website Monday morning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've learned that lesson. But yeah, we, we definitely have this <laughs> industry. Shady. Well, it's every industry. It really. is. Yeah. It's just this one. I just see more of it because we're in this one. Right. I feel like also because you love it so much, you had high hopes for like every yeah. member of this community, but really there's a bunch of shit bags. Yeah, that's so. the problem too, is like it's not, this isn't just like something we do for fun. This is like it. Mm -hmm. This is all we have. Right. It's like, fuck, if it wasn't for like off-roading and camping and shit, I'd probably be in jail or right. dead or something. Well, also there are a lot of people in this community who are awesome, you know? Yeah, we're like, great. That's why yeah. we love it. Mm -hmm. So so when you have really shitty ones, it, it like... You feel it harder, you it's, know? <laughs> it's just like the Army. The people are the best and worst part. Which also today is the Army's 245th birthday. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, but it is. 245th? Yeah. So I believe it was founded in 1775. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Two, 1775. <laughs> the infantry was. There was like a couple other branches that came mm. in later. Which is kind of weird, but yeah. Um... Fuck, we haven't been talking about wiring for like 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I don't know. Do we have any other news going on right now? We're working on our truck, thinking about moving. Um, some side jobs. So long as uh, we don't die from a super volcano or what else? Yeah. Um, UFOs. Oh, yeah. That, those are a real thing now. Where time moves backwards. That would be not so bad. Um Hello, thanks. Meteor. Meteors. The meteors yeah. are coming next week. It's supposed mm -hmm. to hit. Solar flares might kill us. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of stuff going I think, on. I think there was some like conspiracy about the Mayan calendar. Oh, and it wasn't right. And now it's like. It's actually in the next two weeks. Yeah. yeah whatever, yeah. dude. Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll be saying that for the next 50 years. I know, years. right? Do you know Y2K. How many, you know how many apocalypses I've lived through? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> what the hell it. is going on? I know. I'm over it. I, I, don't I care am anymore. pretty over the apocalypse. But. Yeah. But also, like, I, I think I'm over it because it's like either do it or not. Yeah. You know? Don't, like don't talk about it. Be about it. Thing. That's what yeah. I always say. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I always say. Yeah. That, I say 55, stay alive. Mm -hmm. And what else? Mm -hmm. I have some other good catchy sayings. Safety third. I don't say that as much lately, though. Yeah, I know. You're Mr. Safety Dude, now. Dude, I pretty much wear OSHA approved 
earplugs for like eight to 10 hours yeah, a day. Yeah, and you're all about like really good eye pro and yeah. gloves. Yeah. God, I, you I, wear gloves now. I know. I don't put it on Instagram though because I don't want to ruin our street cred. <laughs> but yeah, I spent like eight hours wearing gloves. Yeah earplugs and safety glasses and then when I would actually do anything I'd put a face shield on over it hey how is that um the hood behind the helmet oh it helps a ton yeah I got like a little it's like a just a little fabric like hood cover that goes behind your welding helmet and it cuts out on glare Yeah, helps out a ton and what it also stops is all the little bbs that come down and then um singe your scalp singe my scalp yeah Mm -hmm. so i swear to god i've been losing hair because of i believe that the amount that it melts back there it burns i i can see i have like scars on top of my head all over i feel i feel it every time too and then the glare is even worse Yeah, yeah it's really bad that with uh a two and a half by zoom lens in the uh, speed glass nice yeah Mm -hmm. and then when you clean the uh, plastic cover Mm -hmm. a little bit of wd-40 dude Mm -hmm. you weld so good with it you know i have noticed too like since i got lasik yeah so much easier yeah it is and especially the zoom lens so the zoom lens will fuck you up if you have uh if you need glasses unless you Mm -hmm. figure out like the exact one that you need and the thing is is i never really like i needed glasses for for long distance Mm -hmm. um but I still, I don't know. I, I feel like it's better. It still better. fucks you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. It's, it's hard. So, it totally helps. It With does. a good hood and then like some gloves that don't get hot at all. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're like comfortable, mm-hmm. it's good. But still. Oh, and Ian bought me a welding jacket. Oh, yours is women's nice. Weld, the, the Jesse Combs, Jesse Combs yeah. women's welding jacket. It's yeah. awesome. I, I need love one, it. Yeah. yeah, it's got Mine the leather so sleeves. Holes. Yeah. Mine just have like giant two inch holes Yours in the sleeves. Not it doesn't help yeah. anymore. Because then the like the sparks just sit in the jacket. It's almost better not to wear it. But yeah. I'll wear the leather jacket too. You need to get you a new one. I know, but they're so expensive. And you got me the women's welding gloves, so they actually yeah. fit me better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got myself a bunch of welding gloves. I got this uh, Lincoln glove, which has like an aluminized backing on the back of the hand. Mm-hmm. And so it really cuts down on like radiated heat. The heat. Yeah, because that was yeah. one of my issues is that especially when you're doing like structural welding and you're burning hot mm-hmm. and you're going like if you're pushing, your hand will get pretty close to the yeah. entire weld. Yeah, and if you want to do the long mm-hmm. strands of it Yeah, it gets hot as fuck. Yeah. I also I have like a stick welding glove that has like an aluminum backing thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that just kind of like uh, it goes like, like stretchy it. fabric. Yeah, mm-hmm. it has like it spaces off it too. It has like two little bands that space it off. So there's oh, actually okay. air in between the backing pad and the glove. Yeah. That one works great, but the glove has a bunch of holes in it. So that's the downside of that one. <laughs> And I've already almost melted the other one. It's like a fucking $40 glove, dude. It only lasts for like a week if you're actually welding with it. You have like a whole bunch of, what is it, right-handed gloves? Yeah. Because you go through all the lefts. Yeah, Yeah, they melt and then they don't fit anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's fucking annoying. Mm -hmm. You should be able to buy just a left-handed glove from the welding supplier. Maybe you can. You can't? I've checked. I don't know. I haven't checked that hard though, so I'm sure someone will tell me you (laughs) can't. So... Who knows? But yeah, that shit helped so much. And then finally fixed the gun on the east side. Oh Adam. my god, the yeah. The nozzle uh, was having issues this whole time. It was like the wrong one for the aftermarket tips. So now that's fixed and there's zero porosity well, we now. Switch, we switched back to the to, to the original gun too, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so like the trigger is way easier to use oh, yeah, and yeah. The, the nozzle is like 
shorter so you can do tighter mm-hmm. and it's smaller too so yeah. it fits in uh like really small tubes because a lot of the copes mm-hmm. on the truck are like 50 degree copes and if mm-hmm. you're trying to weld the inside of that you know you only got a little bit to fit right. the gun in it's right. pretty hard yeah so that helps mm-hmm. um but i'll still probably switch that out for another gun for doing like big structural mm-hmm. stuff or um uh, it might work with just like yeah. a little three-eighths outlet I would like to try like a full helmet, welding helmet. Yeah. I feel like that would cut down on my problem where like if I have my hair in a ponytail or if I have it Mm -hmm. down, it just slides on my longer hair. Yeah. And I'm Mm -hmm. always like readjusting or what it's super frustrating. full helmet will do it too. Yeah. I think you just need different headgear for it. Mm -hmm. Also, um, we never adjust the headgear for your head size. Just the, just the like. The back clicky thing. Right. So you have to adjust the top and the front for your actual Mm -hmm. head size. So I think if you just did that, it would work. You should Mm -hmm. just get your own helmet. I know. Or we can, let's adjust, we have a Miller Digital Elite still. We'll just adjust that one for you. Try that first. Yeah. yeah. See if that works. That's a pretty good helmet, a Miller Digital Elite. That's like the one I tell yeah. people to get if they're like, oh, I'm trying to buy my first helmet. Should I get this Harbor Freight one? I'm like, don't fucking get the Harbor oh Freight welding. Yeah, no. Like, I'm like the sketchiest dude on the planet. I won't weld with the Harbor Freight <laughs> helmet on. Because like, it's, you're going to save a hundred bucks and go blind. Yeah, that's kind of important. Yeah, like literally, can you imagine how bad it would be if you just couldn't see the rest of your life? Yeah, no. (laughs) It's so bad. Not cool. Yeah. So we're kind of rambling. Should we just stop this? I know. Yeah, hour and a half on wiring. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) We really talked about wiring. (laughs) All right, cool. Well, uh, keep sending us suggestions for podcasts. I I really enjoy it. Feels like wiring has been demystified. Yeah, it's just a circle. And I probably said a bunch of that stuff wrong. Uh, Don't listen too much. Let's see. Yeah, who knows? Cool. (laughs) So maybe next week we'll do another one. I think we're going to start doing interviews pretty soon. Yeah. Now that regulations are starting to ease up. Yeah. So that'll be cool. And then, I don't know, as soon as we get probably into like the next phase, maybe we'll announce a welding workshop. Yeah, or if pick... we can go to a bigger shop space. Yeah, a bigger nice. space, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see. And then I, I would like to... Fuck, it's just so hot in the summer. I can't just have like 10 people show up when it's no. 100 and then yeah. have them weld and stuff. Because if you're not used to it, dude, you just, you'll pass out. Yeah, no. that's It's not an ideal situation. No, it's not at all. Welded. Yeah, it sucks. And it's, it's hard to learn, too, when it's that hot. Yeah. Because you're like just like sweaty and shitty and you can't pay attention and stuff, so... Maybe if there's like a cold spell, though, over the summer or weekend, it's like uh, in the low 90s or something. We can do that. <laughs> or we'll wait till the fall. Yeah. You decide. <laughs> It'd be cool, though. I, I really want to do them. Cause, and I want to do yeah. workshops on like a bunch of stuff. Yeah. A bunch of the like fabrication stuff that some people decided is like hit, secret hidden knowledge that they don't it's want other not, people to know. Yeah. yeah. And a women's welding workshop would be nice. And mm-hmm something that you can actually take home and yeah yeah that's the goal of all our welding workshops is you're gonna actually be able to build shit so i might do like ones for specific stuff mm-hmm. like one that's super easy is i could have everyone weld their own bed bed stiffeners so if you have like a third or second gen taco mm-hmm. i'll just draw mm-hmm. some up real quick and be yeah. like super simple bed stiffeners and then you do like all the practicing and then you can weld it yourself and then like paint it and shit and then mm-hmm. You have your own stuff, and then we'll do, like, hitch skids. Yeah. Maybe we'll have a day where we weld, like, some kind of mounting system for stuff. Yeah. Maybe we'll have, like, a 
we'll do one where we have like a group get together and weld a bed rack and then we can like sell it and we'll donate all the proceeds or some shit like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're not trying to make any money with this stuff. Yeah. Just so, spread the knowledge. Yeah. Just spread the knowledge. So yeah, that'd be cool. Um, thanks for your suggestions on the podcast, everyone. I cannot believe how positive the response to this podcast has yeah, been. It's been absolutely cool. insane. And yeah. like our fucking Overland virus one, it's got like a couple thousand listens. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Jesus. Um, Only a couple haters. Do we? Eh. No, no. I haven't yeah. seen any. I'm sure people do. <laughs> I don't see them. I'm not good at checking messages, too. Yeah. So if you guys have business inquiries, um, definitely email us instead. Email is better. Email is way better. The direct message mm-hmm. thing, it just, it's, there's. It can get buried, yeah. Yeah, there's too many of them. So some days maybe I'm good at it, and then other days. Well, if you um, don't, if you're not on it every single day. Yeah, it, it just, just piles up. Yeah. Dude, and I get, like, anxious about it. Like, mm-hmm. we'll have days we'll we'll get almost 500 messages in a 24-hour period. I know. So if we didn't respond, it, we're sorry. Yeah. It's, um, just... it's not because I don't want to talk to you or mm-hmm. I don't think what you have to say is interesting or whatever. It's just, I just can't do it's it. It's hard, yeah. Yeah, it's really hard. But if you have suggestions about things to talk about on the podcast. Yeah, please send know. those. Yeah. And uh, we really like that. We do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's nice. Mm-hmm. It's something. been really cool. So we're going to do a bunch of interviews. I have uh, an idea of the first couple people to interview. We're going to interview a bunch of like, not, we're not doing any like celebrity off-road guys. It's going to mm-hmm. be like... <laughs> If that's even a I real know. thing. I know. I'm, I felt like weird saying it. <laughs> um, it's going to be just like dudes who have small shops or like engineers yeah. or people who are like totally experts in their craft who probably no one's ever heard of. Yeah, So peop- exactly. I'm going to talk to a bunch of people who are smarter than us about things. There's probably very many people. Yeah, so we're going to do one on like shock tuning. I want to do one on like uh, more advanced like wiring setups. And um, what else? We have a friend who built his own plasma table in his oh, backyard. Yeah. I want to talk to him about that. It'd be really interesting. Yeah. People have cool projects going mm-hmm. on or just smart and yeah. innovative. Yeah. I know a couple of people who like make knives and or they like forge stuff. I really want to get into yeah, that. Yeah. It's cool. Maybe talk to some people who do that. Mm-hmm. Just like a bunch of people who make stuff or know a bunch of stuff that we don't. Yeah. So if you guys have suggestions for people to interview on the podcast, let us know as well. Yeah. All right. So I think we're going to eat something. Yeah, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks for making it this far. Yeah. This is good to talk to you guys again. And we're going to try and do one for sure once a week. Yeah. We got to commit to actually doing it. Even Mm -hmm. though I'm like sober now, dude. We haven't made a YouTube video in so long. We got to do that too. I know because there's so much stuff that's happened. We've done a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, So it's coming. Yeah. Stay and, tuned. And the YouTube was growing so much, too, that I really should have capitalized on it. But whatever. Um, cool. All, All right. right. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.